Well, hello and welcome to the Smells Like Money podcast. Join me, Suzanne Chin-Taylor, the doo-doo diva, as I interview guests who are making an impact on how we manage and operate systems for conveying and treating wastewater. As a veteran of the wastewater, trenchless, and civil infrastructure industry, each week, I'll be bringing you industry know-how from industry pros who know how. Join me each week as I speak with representatives of organizations that are utilizing disruptive or new technologies and methods, and executives who are excited to share how to be successful and sustainable in our vital industry. So whether you want to learn about the latest trends in technology, in treatment or trenchless, gain tips on training and retaining great talent, or simply how to be more efficient, productive, or profitable, this podcast is for you. Ready? Let's dive right in. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Doo Doo Diva Smells Like Money podcast. As promised, we are continuing. This is our third in the series visiting with Cade Girardi of Mehal Contracting. And today we're going to be talking about, you know, last two episodes, we talked about sampling and how that ties into compliance. And now Cade shared with me before we came on and decided to do this series that how these two things that we talked about previously are leading into what could be some amazing opportunities for the industry, for growth for innovation, for new people to come into the industry and be part of our growing concern. And, you know, in my mind, this is the best industry in the world. It's why I'm here and why I've been here for many decades and I'm not going anywhere. And so somebody said, so when are you going to retire, Suzanne? I said, eh, maybe when I'm dead. And they said, or when it stops <laughs> being fun. And I said, I don't think it's ever going to stop being fun. So yeah, let's just go back when they wheel, wheel me out in the pine box, you know, then we're going to stop. <laughs> not that that's anytime soon, I hope. But anyway, uh, so I am always excited to hear about when people see opportunities that are going to be opening up for the industry and where they might be. And so with that, Kate is uh, operations and does a lot of things. He's out in the field a lot. And so, Kate, what do you see when you were saying you're seeing a lot of innovations Maybe it's because of all these new regulations that are coming down on us, you know, PFAS, you know, emerging contaminants of concern. But where do you see those innovations and those opportunities opening up? Where are we now and where are we headed? Right. Hey, and thanks again, Susan. I just love your energy. It's awesome. You got got it for sure. So thank you again. Um, Thank you. Yeah, if if you want to like, if we can just can kind of continue back to where we were on sure. the last episode. Let's start there. Recap. Yeah, let's start there. So with you know, we talked a little bit about that reusing that water and that wastewater, and how we can get that to be you know that's the next big thing in this industry. I think I think that's best probably perfect way to start. I mean, we're seeing it already. We got uh, a couple clients that are looking into it, and they're just basically weighing it out. How much you know? What's the the you know the cost benefit to it and anybody who's really w- looking to really get in there and, and and create something that's going to be i think i said million dollar the billion dollar industry this is it um trying to figure out ways to reuse that water i think that's going to be the that's going to be the next big thing and obviously anybody who creates the system to do it 
is that system is going to have it pay for itself very quickly because well, water is lot, only getting more expensive. Right. Well, because we've but, seen a lot of it, you know, municipalities having, you know, water reclamation plants. Yes. So they saw the need for it. And so now it's how I, it's very different when we're talking about industry is that what does industry need? What are the innovations you're saying? You see it on the forefront, but what is going to be needed to make this viable? What are the concerns for an industrial application in contrast to what is already being done you know, in the municipal market? Yeah. And can industry borrow some of those principles that have, are already being used successfully on the municipal side and incorporate them or modify them to fit industrial needs? What, what is going to make that challenging for them? Yeah, that's that's a tough question to answer for sure. But like you had mentioned with the reclaim, it's basically making a lower scale reclaim system. Okay. That's pretty much mass market to the in, to industrial. I, I'm not. I wish I had the answer. Right. But right. But that's that's tough. I mean, what do you think as far as what you know based on your municipality knowledge? Yeah, I mean, that's that? it is very large scale when you're talking about, you know, yeah, reclamation. Right. It was like, how do how do we make that very, very small scale? And I guess the thing is also being aware that what is in the industrial stream that is, you know, depending on what they're manufacturing, that that's going to weigh into it, that it would almost have to be someone is going to have to come up with a solution that can be somehow tailored. Yes. To that individual plant, like the mechanics could be the same, but perhaps the elements, whether it be the chemistry or bioaugmentation using microbiology, that it could be custom tailored to fit what is in there in order to allow them to do this. And yeah. they might be, not be able to claim all of it, but get close to claiming as much of it as possible or finding ways to repurpose it. Because everybody nowadays is talking about all oh, green, you know, reducing our carbon footprint, having a sustainability initiative, and then, you know, triple bottom line mentality of, you know, people, planet, and then profits. Yeah. And a lot of people are making, a lot of industries are starting to make that shift, knowing that unless we have this shift in mindset and the way that we're approaching, the way that we're doing things, we're not going to have a planet that can sustain what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think you said a lot of good things in there. And to, to start with, I think it's almost managing our expectations, especially if this is a newer industry, as far as like repurposing and reclaiming all of the water. I think the big thing you said is, what if we just started out with a little bit? I think that's the best part that you said. And I also, I also agree with the fact that you said having a tailored solution. I think this is a very wide target that we're looking at, mm -hmm. but how can somebody come in here and make it very specific and narrow, maybe starting. And I, I think that would probably be the best way to go about it is like starting in very particular industries, maybe starting with bakeries, you know, and then moving into maybe um, milk manufacturers, but how having a tailored solution to different sub industries, subcategories within the industry, it probably be the best place, best route to go and how to reclaim. And especially maybe looking at those industries that are the largest water consumers. Yes. For yes. their process. Like yes. beverage, you know, beverages, 
I know that a lot of water goes into processing of cheese. Yeah. Breweries. All of those places that use a lot of water. And, and, and it generates a lot of caustic byproduct as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it, and even uh, we, we even have clients that are water bottling facilities and the stream is so clean. It's it would blow your mind how clean it is. And it's just like, how can we, you know, reuse this very clean water that's being discharged? I don't imagine it being too difficult, but just again, getting the knowledge, somebody that wants to, you know, get in there and make it the right. difference. I think that's where it is, you know? Right. What other things do you see coming down the pike or maybe they're there now, but they yeah. just haven't hit mainstream that you think are going to be serious game changers for industrial wastewater? Listen, I think basically based off the conferences that I've gone to and I've seen what I've kind of noticed is on, you know, the, the trend right around the corner is better technology and equipment in FOG. So okay. I can say that's, you know, fats, oil, greases. I think grease traps, while they're awesome, it seems like people are creating more uh, better and efficient solutions to, to catching grease and easier solutions to cleaning that the grease trap, almost self-cleaning. And uh, yeah, just, I'm just, my point, my point is I think that somebody that's willing to go into the FOG equipment and technology I think that's there's a bunch of money to be made there and, you know, pretty much revamping what a, a grease trap is and what it looks like, because that's very outdated. Right. Now, what about what about repurposing the byproduct or, you know, what they're cleaning out of the grease trap? You know, there's a lot of talk about what are the, what is it turning that what they call that brown grease into into energy and, and you know, like repurpose repurposing that that. FOG. Yeah. I, I just don't know much about that, to be honest with you. Um what, what is that? You can... Well, from what I'm hearing, there are technologies that are coming about where instead of just trying to dispose of it or treatment, treat it, is that let's take it and turn it into some type of renewable fuel. Turn it oh, into wow. something yeah. that can be used for energy. It's there anyway. It needs to be dealt with. And so doing something positive with a nasty byproduct. I see yeah. that as something that's going to come to the forefront as making it sustainable. Again, it's that whole, you know, reuse, repurpose, recycle. And so, you know, I like how you touched on just the grease trap. But what, what about, you know, getting back to something that's near and dear to your heart, sampling? Do you see, yeah. you know, innovations coming forward for sampling to make that more efficient, that uses less energy, that needs less water, that just needs less. You know, we've always been a mentality of bigger, better, faster, more, but sometimes less is more. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, well, first off, I, the whole reusing energy from FOGs, I think that's brilliant. I haven't even thought about that or gotten into that, which anybody that's listening, I think that's definitely worth exploring. Um, as far as the sampling, I think, um, as far as the samplers itself, they're always getting better. I think that's just going to be, you know, as we, you know, as we go on and go forth, they're going to continue to get better. But I think more importantly, the sensors that talk to your sampler is going to get better. And that is what I've been seeing 
come come around incredibly. So we, we used to do what, what there used to be in the past. A lot of times there would there has to be like two to three sensors per monitoring station. So then you got your flume, right? That measures pretty much if uh, the, 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 the amount of water going through it. And then you have something that goes above it that measures the level inside the flume. All this jargon and nonsense to give you how what the flow is. And you have to care for all of it. You know, it, it, you have to do maintenance on all three, all two sensors, right? And the worst part is they can break here and there. But here's here's the 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 new the new part of the industry that I think is worth exploring is lasers. They're pretty much eliminating the need for all of this fancy equipment that we need. It measures velocity of the stream. And it also measures depth of the stream as well. So when you have velocity and depth, it gives you flow. So instead of now, instead of having to install a unique flume, doing the concrete work, having all these sensors, you put a laser in an open pipe, boom, you got everything you need. I think we're not quite there as far as, I mean, ISCO, Teledyne ISCO has a great product for lasers, but I think it's only getting better. And I, I think that's going to be the next the next uh, spot for that as well is sampling and, and uh, getting flow that the, the sensors in itself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about the data and, and better yeah. way to capture better ways to capture. Really? The data. Yeah. Definitely. That's capture really the data. Now, you know, you're young into the industry, you know, which is really exciting to see someone that is younger coming into the industry and is, so excited about it. Where do you see opportunities yes. opening up for people who are maybe don't know much about this industry or like, no, I don't want to go work in a, in a wastewater treatment plant. Um, where are some opportunities if they see, wow, this is an industry that's really fascinating. It's very diverse. Where do you see the biggest opportunities? Biggest opportunities. Career, career growth. Yes, for career growth and biggest opportunity, if someone were to come up and ask you, hey, where do I go in to, you know, broaden my knowledge in this industry? I think the best place is being a consultant for cities and permitting. Now, in Phoenix, we're so ahead of the game. Arizona is probably has the best permitting in the nation. I, I don't even know any other state that we've we've come across so far that has such a amazing just permitting section of the city. So why is it? What do you, what do you mean? But we have amazing. What, what makes us so great? Yeah. So the way how well it's put together, how well organized it is, how well controlled it is, and um, the requirements too to understand every nuance of how the permits are put together, what the permit consists of, all of that. The just everything involved in the permitting process. Phoenix is miles ahead than ever every other city that we've dealt with miles ahead so here's bring it full circle to my original the original question for everyone that's listening that's not in phoenix this is where definitely where you want to be and you okay. leave if you're in phoenix if you understand how permitting works and use phoenix even as a uh, display of how they do it cities are coming up left and right on trying to install a permitting um, department. I mean, we saw in, we, I mean, we, could, we could see it in um, uh, Glendale, I think Scott doing one, Buckeye's doing one. We've got some other states too. Denver's installing one, Michigan. All these places are starting to install them, but they don't have the knowledge or the skills to do it. 
So they're calling on consultants across the nation to do it. So if you want to really understand the industry, learn how to permit. Learn how the permitting process works because it will tell you everything you need to know about how wastewater works, you know, the ins and outs of the industries. You'll see the nooks and crannies, the growths and what's behind. And additionally, it's a huge moneymaker for yourself because you can then consult for these new states and cities that are trying to install these permit, these new um, permitting departments. And I'm telling you right now, Susan, there's so many people and so many cities that are trying to do this. It would blow your mind. And it seems that this wastewater industry over the past even couple of years is blowing up, which is really exciting for opportunity. Wow. Man, you have me looking at permitting and with a whole new, whole new set of eyes in a way. Yeah. Whoever knew that, you know, something is I would consider mundane. Yes. Would hold so much opportunity. And it really is mundane because and when you really look at just Phoenix and how they do it, I mean, there's codes on what, you know, what who is an industrial user and how they fall under what code and then what they have to sample for, how much water they're allowed what their pH needs to be, how to even get that set up, all that. There's so much opportunity. And if you're new to this industry, that's where you start because you're going to get everything from it. Where can you, where could someone new, this is, well, yeah, that sounds interesting. Where do you gain that kind of knowledge? Or do you go as like an apprentice and mentor with another consultant? Does it require you to be a PE or a microbiologist or an engineer? Like what's, what's all involved? I honestly, if we're talking about uh, college and stuff, I would say engineering, that would be great. But honestly, I don't think you really need any of that to really get into the industry. I think by starting off, by getting yourself informed and learning about how permitting works and what it, what it even entails. And then the next step would be looking at conferences. I mean, that's where I feel like I've learned a ton of my knowledge of how permitting works is just going to conferences and then learning how they do their permitting. Um, a lot of these cities hold these conferences, especially Phoenix, they hold them all the time and kind of explain how they go about their, you know, their pretreatment process and stuff. That's where you learn it. Wow. Yeah, well, definitely. Mind blowing. Yes. Mind blowing, Kate. So, so that's, that's where the money's in. That's where the money is. Uh, yeah, definitely. this is and, great. This is great. I, never, never would have thought that that would be the next spot to look. Yes. Because it feels like in the past, and uh, I'm pretty young, so I haven't seen too too much in the past, but it seems like this permitting and this new standard that the nation is holding as far as environmental, uh, our environmental understanding is really increasing. And because of that, there's a new whole nother level of expectations behind um, the water discharge and really understanding the value of water so getting behind that that this is the front line you know understanding that and setting up permitting stuff like that doing consulting and it's also that that mind shift of it used to be the drinking water the wastewater the industrial water all these three different buckets but actually it's all one yes yes it has to be one water because it's all cyclical it all staying in the environment it's just at one point it's going round and round and round and round and it is, it is so tightly interconnected and it's just, you know, educating the world as to don't see it as us and them. Yes. I, 
you couldn't have said that any better. I think you said that perfectly. Because I've even seen a shift, you know, in the industry that we had the the, the drinking water folks and we had the wastewater folks, and <laughs> yeah. they never really communicated. There was there was almost kind of like this this invisible dividing line. Oh, you're in that side, and oh, oh, you're in that side, and and never the two shall meet. And now, like you know, we both how we met, we attended that Arizona Water Conference. That it was a joint conference between the AWWEA, AWWA and the WEA on a state level. And it's so neat to see how we need to band together. Definitely. I definitely agree. And I mean, one, hey, one does, you know, it, it profoundly affects the other. Right. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. And I think the more we kind of can join and we share practices, the better we're going to get. Because it really is about reusing water, you know, and keeping it precious. Keeping it, wow. Well, I think this is like a perfect spot to end this, you know, that every drop, every drop counts, no matter where <laughs> its source is coming from, every drop counts. So, Cade, thank you for doing this series with me. And for those of you listening, I hope that you have enjoyed it and gotten something out of it. If you would like to know more about Cade's company, you can learn more about them on their website at Mehal Contracting, and that's M-E-H-A-L-L Contracting, C-O-N-T-R-A-C-T-I-N-G dot com, or connect with, connect with Kate on LinkedIn. And so again, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, keep it flowing. Thanks so much for joining me, the Doo Diva, on this week's episode of Smells Like Money. What stood out to you this week? Share your takeaways by leaving me a review. You can find out more about the new technologies, creating sustainable solutions and insights on how to succeed in our vital industry by subscribing to the show. Whether you want to learn about the latest trends in wastewater infrastructure, treatment or trenchless, you've got it all right here at Smells Like Money. If you're an industry expert and would like to be considered as a guest for the show, book a quick chat with me by visiting Calendly.com forward slash the to it group forward slash b dash a dash podcast dash guest or simply click the link in the show notes below until next week a big shout out to all my industry friends and those who will be you are my superheroes thanks for tuning in keeping it flowing and we'll see you all next week <laughs>